Impact of Influence, the tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. All right, welcome back. First timers, welcome. Uh, my name is Matt Harris. With me is Seton Tucker. Uh, you can reach out to us, uh, Seton, S-E-T-O-N Tucker, on Facebook. Uh, Matt Harris, I do the Matt and Ramona show on 107.9 WLNK in Charlotte. This is the 911 call that was made by Alec Murdoch the night that he found his wife Maggie and his son Paul murdered. We started this podcast about eight or nine days after the murders happened. Uh, and the case has been going through a lot of changes uh, over the last few months. But this 911 call was released by SLED a few days ago. There's some controversy or questions as to why it took so long to be released and why now. So let's give a listen to Alec Murdoch, who's very upset when he makes this call. This is the first real clue we have that, you know, he's not, there's no one there that he's reporting. So, you know, was he scared or was he looking around? He's probably just in shock. I had to be. I mean, can imagine that, finding that? And uh, we know that, for those who hadn't been following, that it was very, very soon after the discovery of the bodies that law enforcement said there's no need for anybody in the area to worry. Right. There was so no important. There was no public safety threat. Okay, let's continue. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay. Is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. So we've talked about in a previous episode a little bit about this property being pretty large and that the kennels where Maggie and Paul's bodies were found are a pretty... Big distance away yards, from something like that. Yeah, it's pretty far away from the house. This, this the acreage of this is, is large. So like you said, you can't see the house from the road. Um, let's continue. Okay, and what is your name? My name is Alex Murdoch. 
Okay. Did you hear anything, or did you come home and find them? I've been gone. I, I just came back. We want to point out that uh, Alec Murdoch, according to all reports, is an ironclad alibi. We know that at one point in that evening, he was with his father, who tragically died just a few days after this double homicide. His father had been ill, uh, and he'd also been visiting his mother, who we believe suffers from dementia, correct? Okay, let's continue. Okay, and was anyone else supposed to be at your house? No, ma'am. <laughs> Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. I want to point out the, the dogs. You can hear the dogs barking. Right. The dogs are there, and I know people questioned if the dogs were there. And now we know for sure because you can hear them in the background. Because it's a hunting, it's a hunting uh, Gavin. These are probably hunting dogs, I would assume. And so I also want to point out that we've edited out some of the big spaces where nothing was said Right, and time. the other thing to note about this is part of this has been redacted. So we don't have all of the audio from the tape because SLED has redacted some of that information. There's glitches in it. You can tell where things were redacted. Yes. Okay. Okay. What is her name? Maggie. Maggie and Paul. Maggie is her name? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And please hurry. Uh, we're getting somebody out there to you. Me asking you these questions. Don't slow them down, okay? And you sure they're not breathing? Is he moving at all, your son? I know you said that she was shot, but what about your son? <laughs> Nobody. They're not. Neither one of them's moving. And uh, Alec is coming to this scene, which, by all reports, had to be horrifying. Right. They were both, in reports we've seen, both were shot two times. I believe Paul was shot in the head. So walking up and finding your family members like this was probably pretty traumatic. And if you missed it, it was two different guns were used. Yes. As far as the reports uh, we know. Continue. What is your telephone number? And does anything look out of place? Ma'am, I, I... Not, not particularly, really, no, ma'am. Okay. Are they close, ma'am? Yeah, they're, they've been around with you ever since you've got on the phone with me. I have multiple people coming out there to you. Okay. I don't want you to touch them at all, okay? I don't, I don't know if you've already touched them, but I don't, I don't want you to touch them just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? I, I already touched them trying to get a, um, to see if they were breathing. So if you didn't understand what was being said there, the 911 operator asked Alec not to touch the bodies because of evidence. He says, I've already touched them because I was to see if they were breathing. Right. Horrifying. Continue. Okay. Well, I, I just don't want you to move anything just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? Oh. Ma'am, I'm going to call. I, I need to call some of my family. Okay. 
Well, well, do me a favor for me. Whenever you see the officer or the medics, because they're they're all coming to you. Absolutely. Okay, but we have them come in. Turn on the flashes on your vehicle so they can see you. Okay. All right. You want to point out a couple of things here. Well, first off, I've seen just people on different groups kind of thought it was odd that he wanted to get off the phone with nine one one to call family members. I personally thought he's been on the phone with this lady a long time at this point. Yeah, and uh, he probably feels like he's not giving any more information. And what's is seven minutes, something like that, feels like an eternity. It does. I mean, it's hard to listen to this because if it was me, I'd be like, I mean, he says multiple times, please get here, please get here. Yes, because it feels like forever, but it's been seven, six, seven minutes, something like that. So I don't don't think there's anything odd about him wanting to call his family members because he's really not adding anything he feels to the discussion or help or whatever it may be. Now, you also wanted to comment on the flashers. Yeah, so they do ask him to go to his car and turn on the flashers so that it's easier for the emergency personnel to find him or, you know, since he's already said you can't see the house from the road. But so we know that one of the vehicles from that scene was towed and you wonder if if they're possibly wanting, I mean, he touched the car or why was this? They spe- towed the car that was owned by his law firm. Right. Under the name of the law firm. Uh, also, I want to point out that uh, somebody had said, well, aren't people hearing the dogs bark when they were shot or whatever? But they, this is way back from this country. We're in people. They're way back from the road. So it's very possible that no one would hear well, or not think anything or of not it. not think if dogs bark. I mean, dog, they could, see, look, they could the see another animal or something that made yeah. them bark. Right. So they could hear the dogs, but it wouldn't mean necessarily anything. Uh, and also you can kind of gather by how the dogs get quieter is that he seems to be walking quite a, at least a little bit of a distance. Yeah, he's walking as he's, around. As he's, as he's making this call, and I don't blame him for that. Uh, continue. You got the flashes on for me? I do. Okay. All right. Just whenever you see them. Okay. How old is your son? 22. Okay. All right. We're, we're getting them out there to you, okay? And I will answer if you call. All right. Uh, there you go. It's a 911 call. Sad and... Just, just sad. I don't know what to say about that, except for we feel it's important to play because of how big the case is and to kind of give you a feel of what Alec might have been going through that, uh, that sad evening. Again, Seton Tucker, Matt Harris, reach out to us where you can find us, Seton on Facebook or me through uh, the Matt and Ramona radio show on 107.9 WLNK in Charlotte. We shall chat again soon. Please uh, take the time, if you would, to rate and comment and share the program, and we will talk soon. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.
I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.